Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! One of the better bowl songs in the league, I For think. Sure. You know, I, I like fun. that one. Get yes, you up, definitely. So, uh, what's up, you sexy sons of bitches? How's everybody doing? Oh, Look, he dope. included you in that just for fun. I, I included both of you. Oh, I Thanks, both man. Fine-looking gentlemen. Oh. Uh, we are the Uncle Puckers. It's Bobby, Dan, and Chris tonight. Um, Tony needed the evening off. So we were going to run a three-man team. Um, actually, this is how much we love our listeners, right? Mm-hmm. In the middle of Thursday night football, we pause the game and we come on to do a podcast and then go back and stay up even later to watch the football game. That's so right. It's all like a download's a fair trade-off to me. So, I think so, too. Yeah. Download, five-star, yeah. positive review. I Sounds think good. that's a fair trade-off. Yeah. So everybody doing good tonight? Oh, yeah. Hanging in there. And a couple, a couple of things you see, a little stuffy, huh, Bob? A Got a bit. bit of a little naggy cold thing going nothing, on there. Nothing will keep me from this podcast. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, this is uh, an article that was written by SB Nation mm-hmm. um, by Gretz, G-R-E-T-Z. I guess that's that's all he goes by. Is that Gretz. Gretzky's pen name? I don't Fuck, know. It might Wayne be. Gretz? It's just not W, Gretz. Just Gretz. Okay. So this is ranking the top 15 forwards in the Metropolitan Division for the 23-24 season. Okay. Anybody want to take a shot at number one real quick before, you know? Uh, you want me to go backwards or you want me to go forward? Or you want me to start at 15 to one or you want me to go yeah, one to 15? I like 15 to one. 15 to one. All right. Yeah. The 15th best forward, he's got Patrick Lane from the Columbus Blue Jackets. He writes, uh, you know what, before I do that, the just missing the cut, it's kind of the honorable mentions. Yeah. We'll roll in with them. He's got Martin Natchez from Carolina, Chris Kreider from the Rangers, Brock Nelson from the New York Islanders, <laughs> and Travis <laughs> Konechny from the Flyers. All right. So those, those are the honorable mentions. Number 15, like I said, was Patrick Lane from the Columbus Blue Jackets. He writes, Lane has missed a lot of games of the past few years, and he is not... And he is not great away from the puck, but few players in the NHL can shoot the puck or score goals like him when he is fully healthy and really going well. The Blue Jackets could use some excitement in their lineup, and with him and Goudreau, they certainly have the potential for a couple of legitimate top-line offensive players. I didn't. I don't really. I'm not, I haven't seen too much Patrick Lane to really have a. What about you guys? Uh, I have no opinion on it. To be honest, it's just... His uh, pronunciation always got to me, too. Isn't it more like Laine that he wants to go by, or is that just my imagination? No, yeah, I think it is Patrick Laine. Yeah. Laine or something like yeah, that. Yeah, whatever. But yeah. I, I didn't, I've never seen, you know, very much of him. Just some highlights here and there, catch him on ESPN. You know, you, gotta, you know, I don't see too much. Uh, number 14 is uh, a one of the, the first of a couple 
of our New Jersey Devils. Okay. It's Jesper Bratt coming okay. in at number 14. Now, Bratt does not have a ton of defensive value, but he's another top-line scorer on a New Jersey team that is suddenly full of them. He is now just entering his age 25 season, which is usually around the time scorers tend to reach their peak level of production. He had already been a 73-point player the past two seasons, and given the talent New Jersey has around him, I could see him topping the 80 or 85-point mark this season. Reasonable. Yeah, it's a fair assessment, right? I think so. Yeah, and he, he, you know... The thing is, like we talked about a million times with Brad, he's just got to keep it consistent. Like if he, can, yeah, that's it. I don't I mean? think he's had a season where he's been his full, you know, bore himself consistently. If he does, that's scary good. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's had some great seasons overall, but you know, put it the consistency together, and I see him probably closer to the top of this list. So, yeah, it's fair. Number thirteen, he's got the second Columbus Blue Jacket there, Johnny Hockey. Johnny Goudreau, he writes, I like Goudreau a lot, but that 115-point season two years ago is probably going to end up being a significant outlier at this point in his career, especially as he enters his age 30 season. Great playmaker, great skill, probably more of a 75-80 point player than a 100 point player at this point. I could agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Interesting take on him, right? I mean, he was the most sought-after guy for a while, but now you look at him realistically, is he going to get those kind of numbers again? Yeah, probably not. And, maybe and how, might have a year, you know, a, a big spike year or something. Maybe not consistently up there. And, and I mean, playing on that Calgary team with Kachuk and stuff. I mean, that team was loaded. Yeah. Uh, they probably should have gotten a lot further in the second round of the playoffs that year. But I think mm-hmm. that was Edmonton. They ran up against that that series, and that was just an amazing series. Um, now where he's at, he doesn't have you know the same kind of support, same kind of team behind him. So he might not reach those levels. Yeah, I think that's fair. So far, I'm pretty much in agreement with all these. Number 12 is uh, Matthew Barzell from the Islanders. And he writes his overall offensive numbers might be a little underwhelming, but he is one of the only potential game-changing and top-line talents the Islander team actually has. His biggest assets are his speed and playmaking, and the Islanders simply do not have enough high-end talent around him to capitalize on those skills. It's not his fault. That's all he writes about Barzell. I really like Matty Barzell. Sure. Yeah, yeah I've, I've like always him. enjoyed watching him and, and thought he was just a hell of a player. Love to yeah. see him in a Devil's uniform, but he's right; he makes this this spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah because it, you know scoring was not what made them successful the last few years. Exactly, so kind of a Lou Lamorello deal, and he played that role well. He, he's doing a good job, but you know I'm sure his numbers could be higher elsewhere. He's kind of the Islanders' Patrick Elias at this point. You know, kind of is. Yeah. So number eleven is the second New Jersey Devil on this list, Timo Meyer. Okay. Yeah. And Meyer has all the tools to be one of the NHL's best power forwards, and he already has had back-to-back major goal-scoring performances. I saw him score 75 goals over the past two seasons. The Devils having him for a full season only makes one of the league's most exciting teams even better offensively. When did we ever imagine saying something like that about the Devils? And that's, <laughs> that's fucking true. true. <laughs> that's the truth. I mean, we say it a lot on this show. Like, it, it, I think that's why we are so giddy about this team because it's yeah. like this is something we've never seen before. Oh, yeah. Like, no. it, this is crazy the amount of talent this team has. We and keep it, bringing in talent, and then, and then we bring in another piece of talent. And another yeah, piece of talent. Like, it's never going to end. Is it? Know. You know, it really does. That top six, and you know, you go top nine looks yeah. like a little bit of an embarrassment of riches at this point. It's like the biggest problem is who's going to sit. You know, like where where are you going to? Yeah. You know, how are you going to get 
just one team on this ice because there's, there's got so much talent. Yeah, so and it, yeah, they stay healthy all year. They're going to be give a lot of teams headaches. They really will. They're going to be hard to defend. I mean, you could just keep on have scoring line after scoring line after yep. scoring line, and then our defensemen are friggin' talented. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Number ten, our arch rival, not the one you may be thinking of. It's Andrei Svechnikov from Carolina. Oh, okay. Shvetsakov is a player I've been waiting to break out offensively. This is him. Brett's not me saying that he's been waiting for him to break out offensively for a couple of years now. I don't personally don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm just saying uh, I care less. <laughs> yeah. All he the was skill. In, injured last year, right? Injured yeah. towards the end yeah. of the season. Yeah, so we didn't. never got to see him in the playoffs. And he's probably, you know, he's their best scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, all the skill, all the underlying numbers, and all the foundations are there for him to be a consistent 40, 45 goal scorer. He just needs to actually do it. My thing with Svetsikov is, yeah, he can probably put up 40, 45, 50 goals in a year, but does he have the offensive team around him to help him with that? That's the only thing that I'm, you know, I think that Carolina is going to be really good. They're an amazing regular season team. Uh, But I do worry, like, you know, if I was a a Canes fan, I would have a legitimate worry of Art scoring and if it's going to dry up occasionally throughout the season. Uh, you look at teams like Toronto and teams like even Tampa or, or the, of course, the Devils, even the Rangers. Like, they don't really have droughts now. They they have right. so much scoring um, throughout, but they're just such a complete team and well-coached top to bottom. They're- they did great last year relying on their defense first. They had a great defense. Uh, they did a good job. You know, they had committee scoring when they needed it, especially with so many injuries. Spechnikov was the only one. Um so, you know, you, you think if they get those guys back, they can maybe do a little bit better in scoring and balance it out between their defense and scoring. But I know what you're saying. Like, they don't have the scoring depth that you see on the Devils. That's what you're Yeah. So that that could be something that bites them in the ass. Uh, but we'll see. But they are also a team that's kind of built more for the playoffs than the regular season, which is crazy because they're yeah. such a great regular season team. So yeah. maybe that maybe they're not. I, I don't know. It just seems like they're the way that they are built. They're they're, you know, they're just so steady, and yeah. it, they're you know, it's like there's no highs, there's no lows. Like you know what you're getting with Carolina. I look at Toronto and I see how you know they've gotten even better on paper, and they should be a scary team. But you know, your biggest competition, I think, the team to beat if for us in the East is going to be Carolina. Yeah, and I think they Agreed. deserve the most respect of all uh, the, you know, the devil's opponent, opponents going into the season for now. Who knows who emerges stronger than we see right now, but Carolina looks pretty strong. Yeah, they do. I mean, the hockey news just picked them to win the Stanley Cup, so. I get it. I mean, it's got to be somebody's – it's got to be anybody's paying attention's top five pick. You yeah. You know, I think they're they're up there. I completely agree. I mean, I had them number one in the power rankings that I did, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the Eastern Conference. I just – I think they are that good. Mm-hmm. So, but they are beatable. Number nine, Jake Getzel, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Penguins. He writes, there were times during the 22-23 season that I, that I did not think Getzel's play matched his production. He feasted on the power play and empty net goals, but he still had 36 goals in 78 games and was close to a point-per-game player. He has been one of the best goal scorers in the league on a per-game basis, is fearless around the net, and is typically a very smart player. Completely agree. I like Jake Getzel. I do. I think he's a, an awesome player. He's a good playoff guy. He shows up. But the last thing he wrote, I think, is true. He is smart. He is always in the right position. Right. And I guess playing with Crosby that long will do that to you. Yeah, so. sure. 
Uh, number eight is the bread man, Artemi Pernarin from the New York Rangers. He may not help you much when the puck is not on his stick, but when it is on his stick, he can be one of the most productive and most skilled players in the league. His game started to show a few cracks this past season, but like Zibanejad, he is still a 90-point scorer and can change a game on one shift. Very true. True, but uh, his playoff performance was horrible. Uh, I, mean, I don't he was think just he had nowhere. a point. Yeah, he was nowhere. Okay. And, and, you know, like, that's a crazy amount of points, 90 points and – uh, you know, playoffs, not even there. So, like, I can't imagine he's going to have too many bad playoffs in a row. So you expect better from him going forward. He is a crazy talented. He is, but he's also at that age where, you know, that production starts to dip a little bit. Right. On a team Absolutely. that a lot of that team is kind of at that age. No, in that first part, he said, you know, like, he's he's not been a two-way player. He's not been a, no. you know, selkie uh, and, finalist. And do you and think though, that's do you think serves guys as they get older, do you think that's what hinders him in the playoffs is the fact that so. he's not a two way guy? Yeah. You like, you have to be tightened up and you know, I didn't pay too much attention about how much he was possibly getting benched. You know, if uh Gallant was like responded to him having defensive mistakes or not, but he doesn't seem to have that urgency or care on the defensive side of the puck. And that's where he, what you need in the playoffs. You kind of need that from everybody. It's the opposite of, uh, is, you know, your Patrick Elias type player, like you right. were speaking about earlier. Which is kind of crazy being that, you know, being in the league as long as he has and, you know, playing with some really great teams, you know, and playing with right. Kane out in Chicago and, and the Rangers and then, but never picking up that two-way game or just never having interest in doing it. Like, I know. It's, I know. It, it is the difference between being a good player and being a great player. It, right. it, it, it is that... Um, number seven is the aforementioned Mika Zibanejad from the Rangers. Ever since joining the Rangers, he has been one of the best offensive players in the league, and he is still going strong after a 39-goal, 91-point season in 22-23. The Rangers tend to be a very top-heavy team offensively, and Zibanejad is one of the players that helps carry that top six. Mika Zibanejad, I don't like him. Another guy that didn't show up in the playoffs for the Rangers. Yeah, he's got a little really bit more heart to Panarin, to. but you're right. He was, you know, what, what exactly did he do to help them in the playoffs? And he's up there, too. Like, he's like 30, 31 now, isn't he? I know. You would think that both these guys, you know, um, you know, their their window for NHL play is closing. You know, they're getting right. out there. But. Anything to add on Zibanejad, Bob? I I mean, I have always respected watching him play. You know, the guy can flat out score, and he's got a ton of talent. I just, I also personally don't like him. I think you, you, know, you get a hair. lot of those. Oh, <laughs> I like anybody who has hair. I just get a little jealous. <laughs> and, you know, you know, there's some of those guys where you know you hate them, but if they were on your team, you're like, I would love right. them. I don't think he's one of them. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't like him guy? any better if he was no. a devil. No, I, I, I will. I'll direct this question more towards Dan and not you so much you, Bob, the question of you hate him, but would you love him on your team? And that's number six, the great eight, Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I, you know, how do you put, let's seriously think about this Ovechkin on the devils. Um, I, I mean, it, it would be insane not to try if you had the opportunity, Sure, uh, but the devils, uh, they play a speed game, you know, he's yeah. well past speed game. You know, yeah. he's, He's going to park. He's going to have a great shot, uh, shoot most of his goals from the same place. Uh, he'll play a hard-nosed game. We could use the grit. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know how well he'd fit with this team, right? That would be kind of oh, crazy. I don't think he, I don't think he um, would fit. No, I mean, it's just it's it's a young speed team, and it's, that's not his game. It kind of never was, and even he's older now. I don't know. Um, 
I'm trying not to be colored by the fact that I don't really dislike him as a dude. Uh, of course, what he does, he does better than anyone else from that area, but it's a very narrow thing. And I don't think it necessarily helps win championships, right? So I think we could say that. Um, I mean, the right formula, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know if it's the kind of guy I would want on this Devils team. You think he's interested in winning another cup, or you think he's just basically just interested in in getting breaking Gretzky's record? Probably the latter, if I had to guess. I don't know if he was. I don't know. I, I'm not sure where he's at contract wise. I know, of course, Washington wants to retire retire him as a capital, but you know, like. I don't remember ever hearing like he wants another shot at a cup winning team or anything else. I don't think he cares. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's hard to take that kind of competitive fire where it's all you've wanted forever and just think it's going to go away. Not that he's not more focused on the goals, but I also think maybe he believes that his team is better than they are, maybe capable of another run or two somehow when we see that middling team on the way down that's not really doing anything to mm-hmm. change that so uh and maybe I, just, I gotta believe he still wants to win i mean maybe i asked that question because you know we don't hear a whole lot about him where if you think if the pittsburgh penguins which were kind of in the same position as washington yes. but yet you know you know that sid said i'm i'm i want to keep i want to make the fucking playoffs i want to go i want to try and win a cup and they made moves and they did yeah. things around sid this right, season yeah. that made pittsburgh a better team and washington didn't really do that No, it seemed like washington was like hey fans come watch ovechkin break some records mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. Pittsburgh's like, we're taking a shot at another cup. You know, we got Crosby and he wants to win a cup. Yeah, you, you kind of say that about Pittsburgh, right? You got Crosby and Malkin. The, the window's still there, but you're not really hearing that same sentiment with Ovechkin. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm not – I don't have a problem with this yet. I'm starting to question the position of some of these players now. For example, Ovechkin. I, I mean, having him at sixth for what he is now and what he was last year, I know he's a scoring machine on the off wing. I told you I like him, but – We'll see where it goes. I'm just—it's starting to kind of be like eh, I might—I might move a couple guys around here. I—I I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, as now we're in the top five, and Bobby, you just mentioned number five, and that's Evgeny Malkin. Uh, he showed during the 22-23 season that he can still be a dominant offensive player. I do not expect him to play in all 82 games again, mostly because he has rarely ever done so in his NHL career. But I do expect him to continue to be a game-changing offensive player. I like Evgeny Malkin. He's an, uh, a hell of a player, but again, number five. That, I, yeah. I kind of with you on that. Wrong side of thirty thing, and there's, I'm just I'm thinking. No, I know there's a couple guys that have to show up on this list, so obviously they're going to be in the top four. Um, and I just having a hard time putting this guy next to some of those guys. Okay, like maybe who the next guy is. If you want yeah, maybe a, a few years ago. You know, maybe a few years ago. It's it's, it's kind of you know it's kind of getting there. Yeah. Um, this list, I would say, um, why did I just lose his freaking name from Toronto? Somebody help me here with my hey Austin fever. Matthews. Austin Matthews. I would think he maybe he's going to show up fourth on this. Nope. Number four is the third New Jersey Devil, and that is El Capitan, Jack. Jack Nico oh, Heischer. Nico Heischer. Oh, yes. All right. I do not think this is too high for him. He has always had the all-around game and defensive presence to make him a true number one center, and this past season the offense arrived for him to make him the total package. Nico Heischer at number four. Sorry. I, I, I For a second there I thought we were doing NHL-wide. I forgot we were not – yeah, you know, I, just because I had some guys in my head, I'm like, where are these players? Okay, right. I can't right. believe that. Yeah, McDavid's not there. <laughs> number four is Nico. Do you think that's a little too high for Nico at number four? I, depends on your perspective here, because if you're talking about 
a great player, all-around player, then perhaps not. But the way they've designed the rest of this list, it does kind of seem a little out of place. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. I know I he just scored 30 goals, and I, I just... There's somebody else maybe who's... Maybe not. Uh, He's great. So who knows? Who else did they put there that was like a defensive kind of forward? Um, was there somebody further down the list? Uh, let's Am see. I a defensive forward that we had on here. Do, 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 do. Two way, good two-way player. Uh, Jake Getzel. Getzel. Yeah, Getzel. Getzel. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it kind of in that vein, I can see it. Um, Matty Barzell, another one. Yeah, that, yeah. yep, yep. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think it's crazy high, but I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting it quite there. You know, right. I could have I could have seen him lower, and it would have been like that's okay. That, yeah, that seems yeah. right. Happy to see it. Would have thought somewhere in the top fifteen, but when you got to this level, I thought maybe they weren't going to consider him. Just because you know you're looking at some of the other devils that are already on the list too, and you you know the thinking one we're forward, for. <laughs> thinking scoring. Well, there's that, but also you know we already mentioned Timo Meyer and this. Right. So you know he's definitely important. But, um, so I'm there, surprised. there was two Rangers, right? There was yes. Banajad and Panarin. There was uh, two or uh, one. What do we have? We well, let's go doubles. through the list first. This will be our second Carolina Hurricane at number three oh, at gotcha. Sebastian Ajo. Um, so they say, I love everything about Ajo's game and the way he plays. The only thing he does not have is a truly dominant season offensively on the stat sheet. I wonder how much of that is a result of the way Carolina players and and if his goal and total points would increase in a different system, even if they didn't, he is still a sensational all-around player. He's the engine that drives one of the NHL's best teams. Number three, I'm Sebastian. Getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting nervous here. You're getting nervous? Well, there's a couple. At least one name in my head is going to be omitted because there's only two more spots. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm guessing if I if I can guess uh, that you're. I'm going to stick who, with Matthews being on the list. All right. I, I got to believe Jack Hughes is one or two, so I'm. Kind of curious about a kid named Crosby. Well, number two is the fourth New Jersey Devil on this list, and that's Jack. Okay, right. Hughes has arrived and become and and become the franchise changing player the Devils hoped he would be when they picked him number one overall a few years ago. The only thing that has held him back the past couple of years is avoiding the one big injury that knocks him out of the lineup for extended periods of time. But when he is on the ice, few players are more electrifying than him. So Jack is number two, which means Was one of your extended period of time. Like Not last three year. or four year. games last year. I mean, it was yeah, it was four games. Yeah, last it was year. only yeah. a couple. Of games. And um, you know, uh, it, it really you go back to the year before though. He did have that obvious well, about right. a month or oh, wow. this was out, the yeah. Metropolitan Division. That's why Austin Matthews isn't on this list. Now we see. Got it. First, I thought it was yeah. NHL. Then I thought yeah, yeah it's just the Metropolitan. No, it's just the Metropolitan. So number one, right off. <laughs> number one, we all know who number one is. It's Sid. Can't <laughs> call him a kid anymore. Sid, the old man. There. Yeah. Is number one. He might be getting into his mid to late 30s. He might be nearing the end of his career, but he is still one of the absolute best players in hockey. Over the past three years, he has averaged 1.16 points per game between his age 33 and 35 seasons. Just for some perspective on that number, in the history of the league, only five players have averaged more points per game during the same age range. Wayne Gretzky, Marcel Dion, Daniel Alfredson, Mark Messier and Yarmir Yager. The offense is still there at an elite level. He still plays a great two-way game, and he still makes every player around him better. Still, one of the best in the game. Oh yeah, and he'll play a gritty, hard-nosed game. He'll be that you know shit stir when he needs to. He'll do he, something to get under the other team's skin. Usually, guys with that much talent, they're kind of looking to 
do their thing like almost invisibly. They don't want to draw attention to the other team and rub shit in. But that's what I like about Crosby. I give him a lot of credit for that. He he will uh, like you know he'll he'll be a Claude Lemieux while he's also scoring more than even Lemieux ever did. Yeah, he is such a good player, man. Yeah, I mean it, it just you see Ovechkin fall off that cliff, and you don't see it with Crosby. Like no. he's still playing amazing. Yeah, he's so got a much cool. much slower decline. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, he has so and, many ways he can hurt you. And so there were three Penguins on the list, right? There was Getzel and Malkin and Crosby. There were two Rangers. There were two Hurricanes. Four Devils. Four Devils. One Capital. One... Blue Jacket. Blue Jacket and one Islander. And I think that made up the list. I mean, that's impressive that we have four of the 15 in the Metro. And if you did the top 15 in the East... I think we probably have three. <laughs> you the know? scary part is yeah. this might also be the four youngest on the list, which is Ooh, insane. That's you true. Know, I think boys, they are. You know, like keep those four together and they all reach their potential. That's like insanity. I mean, Ajo's kind of young. I think yeah. he's like 25, 26, right? He might, he might be, you know, about as young as the rest of them. But we have yeah. some other guys who have been around for a while on that list. Yeah. Of course, Crosby and Malkin and uh, Gatzel. And, you know, they've been around for a long time. Yeah. Panarin, the Rangers, yeah, the, both of the Rangers there. I, I think, yeah, I think you're right. There are some, you know, definitely as far as the um, average age of the players. I mean, ours were definitely the youngest. Um, right. So you look at this as predictive. Who's on the way up? Who's on the way down? There's always blips here and there, but let's face it, it always arcs with age, right? Doesn't yeah. it? You know, you're on your way up towards thirty, and after that, you're usually on your way down a little bit. It's very That's possible true. this same author two years from now has. A one-two punch of the Devils on top. That's yeah. Oh yeah, unthinkable. Now, now, who would be the second one? Would it be Heischer or Meyer or Brat? I mean, maybe you could see three or four. (laughs) Yeah, that that is what's. Listen, the way the way Heischer's constantly projecting upwards too. I I think there's still a lot more that he can do. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's your one too. But like I said, Brat I think will always be good and he'll score a lot of points. But Meyer's the X factor for me. I I really want to see what that kind of power forward can do in this lineup. Oh, and yeah. he's on the list because it's two-way play, list. too. So, like, if two-way play continues and he emerges like a really great captain, let's say Devils have a long playoff run, yeah. and his captaincy is kind of cemented as, like, wow, what a great captain. Because let's face it, when you have a long playoff run, you have a good captain. It seems yeah. like always yeah. go hand-in-hand. Hand. So, if, if he emerges that way, I mean, kind of crazy to think that, oh, he sure is going to stay on top of those other two guys, you know. Uh, but it's it's possible, right? Depends how yeah. this works out. Now, Heischer's a great player, and we all like him a lot. But do you guys think the jury is still out on him as far as being the captain? Or are you sold? I still have questions. You do? Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's, I feel bad even saying it because this man wants to win. He tries. He gives his all. But there, it, that's, it is not enough to make a captain. Uh, sometimes some of the great captains, they just have that magic that brings everybody else along. Now, he sure has not done a bad job that way. But at certain times where you're looking for that stand-up moment to you know drag the team along, they have, Devils haven't had that too much experience with that. That run last year was just like, go, 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 go. But there were a few times where I was a little worried that maybe you know he didn't have that command presence on, in front of his team. And um, I think that as he develops, it, it could very well materialize in front of all the fans. Like wow, this guy is—he is ready. It is now, 
I'm not saying he's bad captain, but I don't I, think he's emerged to his full form as a as the best captain he could be. I okay. think I think Dan kind of nailed it right. But it, when you think of him too, he also made a lot of strides in that area last year. When you look at the team that was put around him and what they were capable of doing, it's no surprise that what he sure wound up doing with his own, you know, offensive output too. But more importantly, when you think back to some of those uh, end of game comebacks, he's one of the first guys I think of. I feel like he was involved in almost every one of those goals. That was like a last second goal or a tying goal or winning goal. So he has shown up in that regard. And I'm just with you, Dan. Like I still think of Scott Stevens and like that kind of that, Whatever that is, that force that he brings that very few can bring. Tough and I just standard think it's, to live up to. Yeah, yeah, it's different when when you're you know that kind of a player. Um, yeah. But I think he's got the room. I think you know all his teammates absolutely love him, and he's a fantastic player. But yeah, it is a little different for sure. I, I've always had a wondering, like a, a little bit of iffiness with European captains in general. And you know there are there have been some great ones. But I always feel like most of the great captains were North Americans, primarily Canadian. But you know what I'm saying? I don't know why that is. Maybe culture might be just my perception. And then on top of that, he's not even a typical European. He's Swiss, you know, which is, you know, we haven't even had too many Swiss players in the league. Amazingly, we have we had four last year. We're going to have three now because um, we don't have Siegenthal anymore. No, we have Siegenthal. We have Siegenthal, so we still have yeah, four. We got all four Swissmen. The, yeah, the only thing about uh, – Heischer's game that I think needs to, or at least, so it's game, but it needs to get him to the next level is that I don't want to say physicality, but when you watch your guy, I go, we go back to that Florida game where yep. Keith Kachuk ass raped him in the, at the end of the game in the middle yeah. of the rink. Like that, it can't happen. Not to your captain. You have to stand up for him, and he's got to stand up for himself instead of crawling in a fetal position and waiting for a ref to come by. Um, that Didn't really very captain like, no, that bothered me that real and it still bothers me. Yeah. And I got to yeah. see him, you know, take that taste out of my mouth and do something when that situation arises again, he has got to act differently. Yeah. Those um, demons must be exercised. Yes. Yes. He does so, show pain a different way than some other players. He always he's hurt like on the he's, bench. He's, he always looks like he's hurt. You look like you need to give him a hug. Other yeah. guys that are hurt the best, I think they're going to come out there and kill somebody on the next shift. So it's yep. just a different kind of look. Yeah, I know. I look at him. I always like partially like just stop doing that. You know, yeah. you always want to. You know, you ever see like your kid do something where you're like, ah, you're kind of half embarrassing right now. You're thinking yeah. that, um, but then on the other hand, I'm trying to make excuses for him. Like he's out there skating his ass off harder than anybody else on that ice. But no wonder he's huffing and puffing there on the bench. But sometimes he looks like he was been shot. Yeah. It's like, oh, is he okay? Is, Sometimes there's a he sniper like in the he, building? There are times that I honestly am watching a game and I think he's about to start crying. He has that look on his face that he's, he's just going to start yeah. crying. And I'm like, can somebody yeah. please get this baby off the ice before he gets hurt? But I, I, I so love Nico. It just I mean, doesn't scream captain yet. No, maybe he'll that's grow what into it is. It, you know? I hope so. I hope so because and there's another guy. It's a new captain generation is much more expressive of their feelings. I, I guess maybe that's it. But there's a guy that know. wears 86 that you know right now is you know he's that like emotional leader. And do you um, think there's a question that if uh, Jack was you know the ages were reversed that Jack would be the captain? Like if Nico I, wasn't already the captain, do you think there's uh, a world in which Jack wouldn't get the captain? I think under I think 100 percent if Nico's not the captain, Jack has that already. Yeah. yeah, or especially after that year, but you, you're not. There's no reason to strip it from Heischer. Do you guys no, ever no, consider? No. Yeah, do you ever consider like, at what point would you say maybe it's better for the team? You'd have to have a bad run, right? Obviously, uh, would you at a bad run consider? All right, 
Nico, we want you to focus on doing the things you do best, and we're going to try to try with a new captain. It's, it seems almost unthinkable, but yeah. I can almost think about it. And what does it do to him, you know, and his psyche? You know, when you get the sea strip from me, that hurts. Uh, that yeah. C is a big deal. And, and he's uh, a hot property. Look at this list. You know, they got to put yeah. the top of the list. I mean, would you really want to, you know, sour it, him that way? Is it no. Sutter that took it off Eliash after when he came in? Uh, Eliash was only captain for like one year. And it was, I think it was point. Sutter that came in and took it off him. Maybe yeah. had three alternates or something going on. I mean, maybe if there was a new coach down the road and they did decide to maybe do something like that. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I also think having the A on Hughes' jersey is a big deal because you can basically – take over and, and, you know, be that rah-rah guy in the locker room. Because Nico's not that guy. Uh, Nico's not going to fire the guys up before a game. Jack's going to Kane-Tames situation, right? Yeah. Like Patrick yeah. Kane is, you know, the flash, and Tames was Captain Serious, and Nico's not quite that, but they're definitely different personalities. So, But can Nico grow into that role kind of like Taves did? That's the question. And I hope he does. You know, I hope he does because Taves was a great captain. And, you know, mostly just leading by example. But the example can't be – falling on the ice in a fetal position while Matthew Kachuk beats you upside the head for 10 right. minutes and nobody does anything. So, um, so we'll jump into something else real quick before we give a shout out to our um, Hockey Podcast Network partners over at DraftKings. So we're going to do that now. Football is back and in full swing with another week of epic games. And DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered on the action for every single one of them. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And new customers can bet $5 in football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of not one, but two new offers every game day this September. So get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet Five dollars and take home two hundred instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler or visit www.sot one eight hundred Gambler net. In New York, call eight seven seven eight Hope NY or text Hope NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction and void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. So remember, that's DraftKings Sportsbook app, code THPN. You know, when I had a gambling... It's the Stanley Cup champion Jim Dowd, and you're listening to Uncle Pucker's New Jersey Devil podcast. It's when you shut the fuck up, Bobby, until it's done. Dude, that's 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 new. <laughs> this is only the second day for that, right? I got yeah, to get used to that. It. Well... He's just walked all guys over Jim Dowd. Yeah, Tell you, uh, man, I should have took the night I saw off. One. <laughs> <laughs> There's something I'm else. So I, I was going to tell us about your gambling problem, Bob. Uh, you know, Bob, if you have a gambling problem, we can read all that over. To you can call one eight hundred Gambler or visit wwwsot one eight hundred Gambler dot net in New York. Call, oh oh my New York. God. Okay, we're going to just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> so I was listening to 
I don't know when it was last week or something sometime and I was listening to XM and they were had talking. I kind of caught it a little bit in the middle, but they were talking about some new rules or possible, not that these are new rules, but they were kind of just throwing shit at the wall and discussing it. So they were bringing up some new possible things. Do you think this would make it better? The game better, the game worse, whatever. So I wanted to discuss it with you guys. So one of them was, um, tell me what you guys think that, if a goal goes off of a player anywhere, no more of this kicking motion, nothing. If it goes off your skate, even if you go and kick it in, a goal's a goal. If it goes behind the goalie, it's a goal. This whole stopping the play, reviewing it, going back and somebody, no, it was a distinct kicking wow. motion and all this other stuff. No, if a player is good enough to put the puck in off any part of his body, it should count. What do you guys think of uh, that? You're starting off with a doozy, huh? That's oh no, it gets there's one that's a big doozy. Uh, we'll go with that one. Gee, that uh, Dan, uh, you, <laughs> said, you said a couple things there. Number one, you mentioned reviews, and I hate reviews. So yeah. if you want to get rid of reviews, I'm with you. Well, you go to the kicking motion, uh, okay, that so, whole rule, right? And right. what do they do? They stop. They yeah. stop the game. But they don't they have go to into stop. The they can look. Here's the way I feel with it. Because, like, even in review, we've seen things missed. If review bumps up the missed call lifts, you know, percentage from 25% down to, like, you know, 15%, does it make a difference in my life? Definitely not worth stopping the game over and over again. I, I say screw it. I don't like the reviews. I never like the reviews. Some of the things are more ridiculous than others, obviously, like, offsides. Right. But, like, you know, kicking motion. I don't want it to be part of the game that the player sees the puck there. Instead of using their stick, they literally boot, kick it in. But, you know, like deflections because you turned your ankle, legal. I'm fine with that. That's a, like, that's a skill play. Uh, kicking it in, let's face it, looks goofy as fuck. It doesn't look like you're a hockey player. It looks like you're trying to be a soccer, soccer player. Deflecting it in off your skate while you turn it, that looks pretty skilled to me. I'm fine with that. But I would rather miss some of those calls and like, oh, it was – was it deflected or was it kicked? Leave it to the ref. And if the ref blows it, I'm okay with that. I'd rather do that than doing the reviews. So yes and no. Okay. I don't know how to say this. Yeah, it's really tough. I, I don't think I have an answer for this yet. I think I'm pretty much against just straight up, I'm going to kick it in. Like I've got the puck in my stick, I'm dangling around, and kick it in like a, like a little trick play. Uh, but if you if you say that you can't review a, a distinct kicking motion, then you are essentially opening up the door for that. And then what else can you do? Can you slide in with your hand and just throw it into the net? Like, well, I think that it comes down to like like Dan said. I I think that's where it is. Like, yeah, if you're you know skating with it, you pop the puck up, you grab it with your hand, you drop it and punt it, and you know go kick it like that, like a soccer ball into the net. Of course, that's not going to should not count. Uh, I think it's puck goes off any part of your body. So if like if you want to just leave it to the judge, the goalie, the referee rather, to say kicking motion, (laughs) no kicking motion, whatever. And I think they're going to blow more calls than reviewed. If reviewed, they'll probably get it right maybe twice as much. But who cares? Because it is kind of objective about the kicking motion. You know, it's like when a puck comes by, like you said, a player turns his ankle and he kind of just you know directs it in and at the time you know as soon as the puck hits his skate he tweaks his ankle a little bit to get that angle is that a kicking motion most refs would say yes i think that's a skill play in the crease that you're scoring your stick's tied up puck's coming through you know somebody's passing it to you you can't get your stick on it you just kind of turn your ankle it goes in that should be a goal uh it's now kicking motion so i i 
kind of think, yeah, I, I hate reviews. I hate anything that stops the game like you guys. So leave it to a ref. Um, so a little, and, a little more discretion or a little more leeway on what is the kicking motion because we have seen some good quality plays overturned that yeah. they have to be. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I'd be on board with that for sure. Okay. And the league says they want more scoring. Leave it to the ref because, you know, when you review it, the best you're going to come up with, it's very rare that they overturn uh, a, a affirmative goal and pull it back. It's more like the other way around. Yeah. Or, you know, the other, it's very rare. They add a goal that the ref didn't want to allow. It's more like they right. take and one I, away. So just let the ref call it. And I, I know we, we all totally agree that they should, they, the NHL needs to get rid of the delay of game for the puck going Worst. over the glass in the defensive end. We agree with that. And we also think that you should need to absolutely stop this, uh, bench challenge on an offsides like the referees have got to be able to make that call they've done it for a hundred years yes. why are we taking that away stopping so a game. many beautiful plays are pulled back because of that micro and, inch and it's then ridiculous. you ridiculous you play like Maybe four minutes, minutes in the yeah, offensive exactly. zone whatever it is before that yeah. goal was yeah. scored and they just wipe and it they, away yeah <laughs> oh no add, add three and a half minutes to the clock like it, it's crazy that that is the dumbest rule honestly ever. that's the worst new rule that they've instituted the puck over the glass thing i would be okay with the middle ground like let's say uh you know you get two or three per game where if it goes over even if it's accidental no problem uh, but you know, you go beyond that. Now it, that kind of shows a pattern in the game, about, and then you take the penalty. How about this? You can't do it down the, two minutes left in each period. Okay, I like that. So if you make that mistake in the last two minutes, it'll be j- just like it is it, today. It'll be a penalty. Yeah, right. Because yeah, uh, then you know it, it's really the games maybe a little bit tighter, especially if it's in the third period. A guy might, and I've never really seen guys throw it over the glass just to get it out of the zone. It does not happen much. These guys are not trying to do that. No. They're professionals. Especially when uh, they know there's a penalty attached. <laughs> and yeah, every time it happens, it's an accident. Yes. So yeah. if you want to get, keep a penalty on it, maybe two minutes left in the period. You're not allowed to do it. You it's know, better. I, sure. It's still it's still a gray area call. And then so you're still always going to have the debate. But sure, anything's better than just automatic two minutes. Okay. Now this is one that was brought up. We only have a couple more. Um a goal can be scored with a high stick over the crossbar. If a puck is over the crossbar and you knock it down and you're in, that should be a goal. Thoughts? I, I'm game for that. I think that's skill. I don't care how high it is. Put your stick on it. Why not? This is the one I'm so against. But okay. Are you really? I, I am. I, I, but I, this, I, is I, just, this is just me reacting. Yeah, no, I mean? I'm fine. not like thinking about it long term. But I see some you know, right here, and it's just one inch over. It's basically the same it, play. But it's the like problem the same, is they got to call it, right? goal, and, and it. And you have a line, and right. then it's – that pretty goal is called back. I understand right. the frustration with that. But I also remember, like, you have to consider a couple things. Number one, part of that rule is it's not really much about the goal. It's about where do you want these players' sticks shooting from? Uh, you know, there's a high sticking. There's, you know, uh, very few exceptions that you're not responsible for your stick. A follow-through on a shot, you can clip a player and if you hit him in the face. But, you know, there's like a general, like, you don't swing the stick above a certain level height yeah. uh, without risking a penalty kind of thing. So then when you take that to, to scoring, that's why that kind of translates. I see what you're saying. Um, I feel like super high shots is interesting. Today you have guys like, oh, what's his name? The magician dude uh, with those crazy. Um, David Copperfield? You know, yes, David <laughs> Copperfield. You know, he plays for the Ducks. Uh, Zegras, right? Trevor. Zegras, yeah. Yeah, Zegras. Uh, he, 
his stuff is amazing. Now, if you if you ever see when he's just messing around, like the the lifting the puck onto the stick and like kind of holding it by like mm-hmm. triple force, yeah. and he looks yeah. almost like a half a figure skater while he's doing these yeah. crazy shit. If you can l- literally allow those guys to release, you have like lacrosse style score. Yeah. At that point, it's a lacrosse move. These guys are are holding the puck like a lacrosse player, and they're shooting from lacrosse height. Uh, the goalie in me says, "This is like fucking crazy to try to take shots from that height. It's a totally different type of game." But I can understand how it's a new it's skill set. You high have to skill. Learn. It's yeah, it's high skill. Uh, it's just that I think what you have to work out is. If you keep encouraging players to have sticks up high, don't be surprised when there's more high sticking. What's that call yeah. system going to look like? Um, I'd be willing to like pilot it out in a minor league, see what it looks like to have. Do fans really like these you know crazy high shots? Is it looking insane? Are people happy with it? What does the yeah. game look like? How many guys are going to be like almost overdoing it? So you, you bring up a good point, and this is why now pulling back on the reins a little bit for my initial reaction. Surely I understand the you know the high sticking aspect of this, but I just sit there and I watch hockey now. And for 20 years, I watched hockey and said, "There's really no other ways they're going to score." And then all of a sudden, these people are yeah. pulling this stuff out. The 360 spins you're talking about, the way that they right. come between their legs. All of a sudden, there's two or three new ways to score that I would have never even thought possible, and they're yeah. obviously possible. So if you do add some element of a higher stick, how many other new ways are there going to be to score? Yeah, and that is kind of interesting, but I think it would kind of ruin the game. And for me, that's not at all why I'm against it, but I agree with you on all of that. But to me, I see an injury factor here. Like yeah. when you have guys whose sticks are up over their shoulders, now if I'm trying to score a goal at that way and you're trying to defend me, now we have two sticks that are face level and there's going to be high sticking Not uh, to mention the point and, shots are going to be up high. Yeah. It's time for full cages. Let's go. Yeah. Cross oh, style goals. Full no. cages. Okay, so we're up. In, we we think Bobby's up in the air. He's kind of on the fence on that one. Dan and I are not. For I'm it. willing for some more research. Try something in a minor league. Not maybe not even the AHL. Take it to the ECHL. Right. Something. I know. Honestly, what it yeah, looks I think like. in the long run, I would wind up hating it. I, I, I don't think I some things I, need to be changed. I don't want to pilot that in the in the NHL. Yeah. What about this one? Okay, a team has the option to either take a power play or a penalty shot. So you get your penalty called. Now the average penalty shot is about 30% that you Mm -hmm. score on a penalty shot. And the average power play is about 20 to 22%. That's middle of the road. And a a best power play is close to that 30. Yes, close to that 30. Maybe even, I think like, I think Edmonton was like 36, 37. I don't know. That's crazy. Ridiculous. But you give a team the option to throw a player out there, take a penalty shot, or you do the two minute. Penalty. What do you guys think? I I have actually thought of this one before because I, especially in watching some of these Devils teams where it's all momentum, owning the game, total puck control, oh, we're on a power play, and it's just like dead. Like the the emotion goes out. They're just – all the energy drains, and I don't understand why. So I've I've said, why can't we just have the option of doing the the penalty shot? It's not a terrible idea. I don't know that it should be put into the game because I kind of like the rules the way they are. But it's not a terrible idea. Okay. Yeah, what about you, you feel Dan? like you can do it, you know? Uh, I mean, I, it is interesting. I could see, like, a team who's struggling power play but otherwise doing well maybe has uh, a couple of guys who do great on the penalty shots. You might want to go that way if you had the option. What does that look like overall? Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe there's some limitations on it. Only certain kinds of infractions can you do that. Uh, but you do get the option on some. I don't know. Um it's a, it's, it's a big change. I mean, power power play is a huge part of the game. 
if a lot of teams went away from it, what would you do? Also, you give up that chance on a five on three. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so, you know, how many times, I don't know what the percentage is, it's not high, but maybe it's five, 10% uh, that it turns into a five yeah. on three. And maybe I would take that five on three odds better than. And know. let's say this is game seven, you know, of a series, Stanley Cup uh, playoffs and overtime, mm. and a team takes a penalty. And the other team decides, no, we're going to get a penalty shot. And they throw Connor McDavid out there, Leon Drysaddle yeah. out there, Austin Matthews That's out it. there, Jack Hughes out there. And they win the cup on a penalty shot. Yeah, yeah if you're going into like that, that skills competition mentality, which is one of the reasons we hate the, yeah. you know, the tiebreaker like, now, right? Uh, so, yeah. yeah, you're right. That would be a little unfair. Then again, it's kind of unfair to throw McDavid out there anytime. Right. I, <laughs> but, I agree. I, I don't – yeah, three overtime game, and it gets settled by the coin flip that is the penalty right. shot. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't like yeah. the penalty shots at all. Um, I don't like going into shootouts uh, after the three-on-three overtime. And, you know, part of it was a penalty shot was always something. That was, you know, the, that was the unicorn in the NHL, right? You never saw right. it. It didn't happen a lot. So when it did happen, like I've been to, a, I don't know how many hockey games. I have seen one penalty shot live, and this is before the shootouts. I've right. seen one, and it was Niedermeyer. Um, I forget who he was on, but he scored it. But that was the only one I saw. And it was, like, the most exciting thing to see a, a penalty shot live. Now, it's, you know, every week there's teams going into overtime and into penalty shots, and it just has lost its luster. Yeah, what happens if we double them and triple them? So and Yeah, that seems kind of crazy. I think it is. I, so I mean, got to go to the time limit one like you did before, a compromise. You can only do it in the first minute of the first period, the second minute of the second period, and the third what minute about, of the third period. Yeah, what about you only good. have one – or if you really wanted to put that in there. Now, I mean, we're now just we're just playing devil's advocate. Sure. Like you give a team – like they have their two challenges. You know, maybe they have right. one opportunity one on a power play. To it, we have yeah. one conversion. So, oh, you, you know what? We did – Shitty on our last three power plays. We're going to use that, uh, you know, penalty right. shot rule for the next one, and you take a penalty. You get shot. penalized if you know. miss. And you miss your penalty oh, shot. Shit. Now you're short. The goalie, the goalie makes the save, and you're now on a penalty. Now you're on the, it would prevent people from gambling. wanting to do it a lot, which is a lot of how rules are determined. I like it. I like, it. I like that. That, too. that is the over the glass rule. That's yeah. literally why it's there, just to prevent yeah. you from even thinking about it. Tell you one thing I don't like about penalty shots. It's been creeping this way, and there's some guys who are notorious for it. The guys who slow walk the puck in, and then I mean painfully slow walk yeah, that puck real in wide. Mm-hmm. It's making it's kind of exposing how dumb a penalty shot is because it's a penalty shot is not the game. A penalty shot is like a practice move. It's like you isolating what you're going to do if you ever get on a breakaway. Now you're putting it in a situation where. It's no breakaway you'll ever face in a game because you're never going to have that much time. Right. I mean, if we don't have a shorter time limit on a a penalty shot and we have guys more and more of them doing this thing where they thought like forward momentum was enough to keep it moving. Bullshit. You know, you just need a slightest amount of forward momentum. The guy's zigzagging back and forth. I don't know what the time limit is, but it's way too long. And it's like it just looks stupid. Uh, and in the end, if he scores after taking that much time, it always looks anticlimactic <laughs> and almost cheesy. You don't give you know? a shit anymore. That no, is I'm just bored. an awesome assessment of that. You're absolutely yeah, right. That, into is, the that is annoying they as hell. They wanted it exciting and they made it boring. You know, with right. maybe a real breakaway. Like a you got that seconds. guy breathing yeah. down your Four neck. Seconds. You don't know if he's a foot behind you, two feet behind you. Sure, the teammates are yelling and stuff, but man, you got all that going on. Split second decisions going on. That's real time. I, I want yeah, the shooter to have to crap. haul ass off that center ice dot because there's a time limit. And if you don't get that shot off, oh well. 
Like, I want to make Dicky moves, but you should leave enough time and only enough time to have some pretty decent speed on bringing the puck in. Yeah. You know, 10 years ago, they would never thought to put a pitch clock in baseball, and it turns out that it's working. And this is not a, an idea that shouldn't be at least That's tested very true. Yeah. on a minor leagues. I don't know. Start wide, you know, start with 10 seconds or something. Or- just get much. rid of it and keep it full, three on three until somebody scores. I do love the three that would on be three. The best. It's it's the best. I don't know if we could ever have it for the playoffs. It's not traditional hockey. No, I don't want a, it for the playoffs. No, but for you know the idea that of going from a five to a ten minute three on three, I'm totally in favor of. I totally prefer that to a uh, you know I would have a longer three on three than than to go. I to think side. if you did a ten minute three on three, I would bet that seventy five percent of the games would end. Uh, yeah, uh, I think we know, maybe more. Before. Absolutely, yeah, maybe more. So then, if you wanted to go to a shootout at that point, but there are still people out there that love the shootout. They think it's so exciting. It's yeah. just you get it, wrapped up in it at a game. When you've invested the whole game, you're there sure. and everything's yeah. going on. You do get wrapped up in it that way. But I, I still think it's just not I've, a way to end a game. Like I've said all. this before. Every single time the Devils get into a shootout, I don't give a shit who wins at that point. I'm just like, I don't care. Once that three-on-three overtime is over and it's going to a shootout, I'm like, oh, we got a point. I really don't fucking care. Yeah. You know, and that's just where I go. Now, I think the three-on-three is a lot more fun to watch. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's you great. You to see all of the players' skill. They have so much more room they, they, to do creative things. And, you know, do some of them end up a little flat sometimes and everybody's just playing, you know, uh, keep away. Keep away. Yeah. And once in a while, yeah, that can be a problem. But, um, you know, for the most part, you're seeing – the most skilled guys with the most room you're ever going to get. And it's more fun to me than watching the, you know, repeated penalty shots of the shootout. I completely agree. All right. I got one more. I'm going to, I'm going to paint a picture for you. If I will. I'm painting Bob Ross. I am. This is a happy little setting. Happy Happy little, there's a happy little goalie (laughs) and he's in his happy little net. It's game seven. You're down by one. Maybe, I don't know, let's say 30 seconds left on the clock, right? There's a goal mouth uh, scramble. You're in front trying to get your, your, your puck on to get that tying goal. Defenseman comes over, just hellacious cross check right across the back. He knocks you in the ass. The ref's arm goes up. That defenseman takes that puck. He skates around for the next eight, nine seconds. Whistle blows. Game's over. And that ref's arm is still up. In the NFL, you cannot end a game on a defensive penalty. That's right. So what if the NHL, when that happens, even though that game is over, you get your two-minute power play to try and tie it? So you get a full two minutes even after 20 minutes has expired? Yeah, the game's over. Okay. The game's over. And you can only do it in a one-goal game because it's one power play. So it's not like if you're down by two and it happens, it doesn't matter. You can't tie the game on one power play. So you have you should be able to have your two minute advantage to try and tie that game because it was taken away from you. I would I would maybe be more interested in it if you got whatever seconds were left at the time of the infraction. You know, eight seconds. No, but left if the I, I don't know because this just seems really weird gonna, to me because it's why though you ha- you you earn that penalty. Yeah, because but, uh, but I'm just saying, like I'll I'll just argue the point on it. Like you you earn that penalty. Your team should have the opportunity mm-hmm. to go on a power play. It's not just because unlike, the time ended and nobody right. touched the puck in time, or if it happens play, in the first period, away. it carries over to the second. So by right. that logic, you've earned it. You'll get it after exactly. Yeah, I guess. So that's in not the terrible. third period, why not? And you can't do it like okay. the playoffs. It doesn't. 
matter because, well, in the playoffs, it would matter. I mean, because like you said, it it would carry over, but it wouldn't carry over, of course, if you were up by one and, and, you know, you, or you're down by one, the game's over. So if it's a playoff game and it's game seven or any game, now you should have that opportunity to go out there for two minutes and try and score a goal. Okay. I, I, you make a good argument. Their logic makes a lot of sense, but here's what I'm worried about. The potential for refs to destroy very important games. Okay, well, let me uh, let me just throw this call, at you. You're adding two minutes to a game. But let me, you just played this game to a win for 20 minutes in that period, 60 minutes on the whole game, and now one bad call, you now have a 62-minute game. Like let's look at it. Move. But let's yeah. look at it the other way. I remember in '94 when we lost to the Rangers, and I don't remember what game it was. So, I, but there was a, I remember an interview, and I think it was Stefan Mateau was asked about, you know, how they played it at the end or whatever. And he said, Mike Keenan said, hook, hold, clutch, everybody. They're not going to call shit in the final two minutes. And you know what? They didn't. They didn't. So they got away with it. You would take that away because a team would know. Because they didn't call anything anyway. But I'm saying now, if that rule's in there, and I mean, the penalties, you know, for the most part, I got to give the NHL referees their their due. They don't get it wrong. They get it right a lot more often than they get it wrong. It's hard to do. It's a very hard sport to to call. And they get it right. appreciate how crazy hard it is to be an NHL ref. And there's not too many penalties that are like bullshit penalties, like in the NFL, where it's like, that guy barely fucking moved, and you're calling it all sides or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is something that's, or, or, you know, it wasn't a pass interference. Interference. It just you know the guy could still could have caught that ball and he's got you know gets a thirty yard penalty against him you know depending on where the, the spot is but I'm just saying in hockey it is the, the the penalties are a little bit more egregious and much more physical sport when you guy a guy takes a high stick you know it you know what I mean like if right. you if a guy gets boarded or cross checked you, you know right away it's a penalty what if it's an interference call. Interference right. calls are, are probably the most questionable that you can make out of a, a you know, in hockey. Uh, you know, it's, guys. It's the level of rule that fluctuates the most over the years. You know, some years they're really cutting down on it and they're calling all but, it, and other years they're not. And usually it creeps as the playoffs go on to, you know, refs are, are letting more of that go, just like back then in 94. And, you know, like by the time you get deep in the playoffs, there is a, a way more clutching and grabbing than like in October. Right. And, and I mean, I, there are a lot of nuance on this if a rule like this was to be in place, because there are a lot of things that you would have to really sit down and the NHL would have to hammer out. Like what if the arm goes up and right. the offensive players that are supposed to, you know, go, go on that power play just decide right. to not touch the puck. Just and we're just going to let time so run out so minutes. you can get the full two minutes. You know, there are a lot of things, but I like get, the, it looks like, uh, you know, like when a player doesn't want to p- touch the ball because they're going to, you know, exactly. Yeah. It, and it looks like, what are these guys doing? Are it's, they just like, I don't you like know, it. if it was like, it'd have to be to me, like bang, bang, like, like a guy's in there. You, you see that cross check, the arm goes up, that whistle blows and the game's over. And you're like, okay, that's not to cool. me. This falls into one of the rules that, just can't really translate across sports. And I'll tell you, one of my biggest problems with football, I got a lot of problems with football, to be honest with you. This isn't one of my biggest ones. But I don't like the fact that it's basically the only sport that you can just kind of run down that clock for the last two minutes. You, you got the lead, you're safe. You take your knee, you wait your 35 seconds, whatever the hell it is. You do it four times, and you win. I don't like that part of football. I understand it. I get it, how it fits into what football is. 
I don't see something like that kind of translating to hockey. Like you said, not touching a puck, trying to get that full two-minute advantage. You could say you're going to call it. Now you're open up for more interpretation. Uh, for me, this is one that would never translate in. It, re- it would take away so much history of what the game's already done, and it would change a lot of what could happen at the end of games. So for me, I, I don't think I would go with this one. I, I like it. I, I like it. I think it'd have to be completely worked out, and it would have to be. But I like the idea of a game not being able to end on a defensive penalty. I like the idea that that team still gets their shot, um, but how it works and when it would work and all the other bullshit that goes with it, I don't know if you're it's opening something up that so much. could work. You, and, you, and, I, and we're in an age where all they keep trying to do is perfect – umpiring and refereeing where right. you watch baseball your whole life you know what bad strike call i get it law of averages you're gonna get one back like it always just worked out it didn't have to become the big deal that it became where they're actually considering robot umpires and practicing i know it. that's so the more you put into gray areas you know i'm gonna decide i'm the ref i'm gonna decide the more arguments you're gonna have i just think to me they're trying to get away from that so which are we doing are we trying to get to like perfection or are we trying to just put the human element back in sports yeah. No, I think that I mean I, I see what you're saying. I just and and with that rule that we just talked about, yeah, the human element is there. I mean that's it's but it, that's what you're saying at first that you don't like about it. You know that the ref could be the one making the decision, right? It could be game. abused because the human element can abuse. Well, now, what I if you, you you throw all this in, like I said, and all the rules that we just talked about, and the defensive penalty happens, the game is over, a team decides to take a penalty shot, and they fucking tie the game <laughs> or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, I just think I, I like I I don't like the idea, and I don't know if I've ever actually seen that happen. Like I don't know if I've ever that's, seen. That's what I was thinking, Chris. Is like that this. This thing is attempting to solve something it's not going to have an opportunity to solve. Right. Like, the, yeah. the, it's, usually we, the problem is right. the non-call. That's the fun of the conversation, That's the fun of the conversation. I like the non-call because like Bobby just said, it yep. always evens itself out. Yeah, so if you were the Stanley team – Finals, that's a little final. But you but know what yeah, though? It always does. At one way or another, it always does. Yeah, you're going to get bad breaks sometimes. Except Those in the bad case of the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> yeah, that one was tough, man. That Never came back from that one. I am yeah. in favor of like automating some decisions if it makes it a more pleasurable working. Uh, you know, you mean the offsides, experience. right? Absolutely. Now, let, like, get me on this. Like, there's no reason we can't with you know players having RFIDs or some other marker device in their skates and a puck having the same and you know optic. You know, some kind of sensor on it. Sure. Listen, Absolutely. if we can scan our stuff on the grocery, I know we can do this. That's like a technical thing that can easily be done. And now offsides calls are automatic. You yeah. don't leave it to the ref. And you know what? We're not reviewing them either. They're just done and they're automatic. And they're they're like a boring call to get like right 100%. It's hard to do fast. That's the Let thing. The like it's that. not a fucking play in hockey that needs to be that thought about you know what i mean it doesn't right. need there doesn't need to be that much scrutiny into an offsides no i'd like, much rather take the wrong call from the ref right but if we can do it 100 i like your right, idea passively and it doesn't slow the game down as soon as anything, a, as soon quicker. as a, as soon as a team crosses that line either you yeah. know a red referee can look for either a red light or a green light and they know yeah. to call it or not call it like this that's fine with that so, as long as it's as long as it's perfect we don't right. want it's got to be perfect but this is what is so incredibly awesome about sports and just having a conversation like this because I agree with you 100% that the offsides does not need to be scrutinized to that level. 
I'm also the same guy that for years watching baseball double plays with the phantom you know, their, their legs were not touching the bag at all when they're turning a double play. I always hated that. I'm like, you're the best players in the world. You can't get your foot on that bag before you throw it. And they pretty much try to get rid of that. So on one hand, I like it. On the other hand, I don't. I, I guess it just goes sport to yeah. sport. Or it just shows you, like, how much you can debate this stuff. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's fun. I mean, I don't know where I stand on any of these. I'm fine with just keeping the game. The only thing that I would change right now as far as rules. Like, if I was, okay, Chris, you get two rule changes I take away the offsides being able to challenge and I had another one in my, and I take away I make the overtime 10 minutes, three on three. Let's, let's yeah. also lose the trapezoid. I, oh, like that's another one. Yeah. Let's do that. Let the goalies fucking play the puck. I love when the yeah. goalies play the puck, play the puck. That's an awesome skill to watch. I'm, I'm with you on that. There was a goalie that just came out saying that they were talking that part of this article or whatever I read, there were other, they were asking players to other players who, other um what rules you would like to see changed or whatever and i forget the goalie but they said the trapezoid they're like let me play the damn puck and i forget who it was but i gotta find that out i agree with you on that it's one still, get rid of the trapezoid. it doesn't even make sense they tried to justify it the way they described the rule and it's just oh, yeah. it's silly yeah just let's years, it, these, taking these away a skill guys, for absolutely no reason yeah and the goalies get better and better at playing the puck we just don't get to see it as much on nhl level level that they're, the sticks are lighter. They have better flex in them, just like the players. What was what do. was one of the biggest stories last year? Mm. Allmark scoring a goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anytime a goalie does it, we would have a lot more with the skill of these goalies today if they didn't have that trap slide blocking them. Absolutely. Goalie scoring a goal is always fun. Let's yeah. let's admit it. You know, We don't need it usually, every game. but Usually it it's not deciding happen. a game, so it's not like the right. game-winning goal and stuff like yeah. that. It's just a you know late-game add-on. Netter, goal yeah, but it's w- fun. What a nice way to end a game. Uh, one way or the other. Sometimes, you know, it's like the other team actually had a chance. There's like two minutes left, got it. It down by two, and the goalie scores and buries it. That is fun. I got but it. Even if he's just piling on another one. What do you got? You take Chris's rule that he wants with the interference okay. in the last two minutes, but instead of getting a two-minute power play, your goalie has to shoot it from his side of the net into an empty net. Okay. <laughs> you remember? We're back to the uh, skills competition. Wasn't it Patrick not? Waugh that like skated out to the neutral zone Oh, yeah, he got blown throw, down for crossing the red line. Yeah, He's like, right. that's a rule? I didn't think anybody was crazy enough yeah. to try going on the other side of the nice ice yeah. over the red line. And he did. And they're like, no, we got to blow this whistle. And honestly, that's the first time I learned the goalie couldn't do that. But who else right. tried it? No one else tried it. No. I have to admit, like, sometimes the rules that they do make changes for are beneficial. Like, I like yeah. you guys it's remember two-line passes, right? Like, they Absolutely. were the worst and slowed oh, the game that down That was a two-line so pass. Oh, well. So like, that great play is yeah. dead. Dead. Because it went an extra six feet. Like, come on, man. So, all right. I think we kind of fixed the uh, NHL tonight. I hope fun. they were listening. I'm going to go now and see if my Vikings are able to hold on to the four point lead that they had when I left. So um, guys, wherever you are listening to us, please positive review, five stars, um, download, like subscribe, all those things. Write us letters, write us letters or emails, please. Yeah. Um, Uncle Potter's blood at gmail.com. Write us your letters in blood and we will make sure to read them on the air. Yeah, you know, to... A lot of these sites, too, um, once you sign up, once you subscribe to the Uncle Puckers podcast, it's an automatic download. There you when go. the show comes out, you get it. That's all you guys got to do. And you can listen to it at your leisure. 
Twice. And, uh, yeah. You know you want to listen to it twice. This is true. And also, like I said, seriously, though, the emails, send them to us. Uh, questions, uh, little concerns, critiques, what you're expecting about the Devils this year, where you're looking for this team to go, thoughts on so far the offseason. We would love to get a little fan-friendly uh portion of or you know fan mail portion of this show together when the season starts so we can reach to get a fan online. that's such a great element to add to the show yeah get but we need those involved. fans dan's right so yeah. now that's that that's the show for tonight for bobby dan i'm chris we are the uncle puckers and we'll see you when we see you fuckers out Ooh, we got it dan's on point tonight Woo. one time i'm expected to push a button i actually did it not like mr booger nose over there <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the vid. It's over, Jenny. It's over. Good times. Good times, guys. <sighs> that was fun. Right. All right, boys. I am going to wait. Actually-